For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill Apter, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. Boys and girls, children of all ages, it's Obey the Puck. I'm Dan, here's Paul, that's Kelly. We're rushing through the intros this week because I have an unfortunate, I always say unfortunate, it's not his fault that it's unfortunate, but the circumstances, we, we touched upon it, touched upon it. We, we had a whole segment about it last week, the last show, and we're going to do it now. The Flyers. Uh, so I have my friend, <laughs> if you hear, Cash215, uh, Sean is here, because um, uh, we're going to vent a little bit. Mostly he's going to vent a little bit, and I'm just going to not lead him in the right, in the right, I don't want to lead him anywhere, I want him to be completely honest, because, uh, you know, uh, and it's well documented on the show, I'll just, I'll, I'll quickly set it up like this. Well documented on the show and in life, and Kelly will tell you, I've said it every time, that after the series versus the Habs, the Canadians, and the playoffs, uh, I was down on this team. And I was told I was crazy, uh, but I was down on this team. And the season started, and I was down on this team. And I, I'm, I'm still Dan on this team, and with now, I, it's one of these things where, you know, there's people on social media, Momo Chan Jones, thank you very much for the gifted, three, gifted tier three sub? Momo, thank you very much, I read that wrong. Momo, thank you very much, I appreciate it. You'll be, you'll be uh, happy to hear this conversation too, air quotes. But anyway, thank you Momo, I'll give you a better shout out later. Uh, the Flyers are not good. And it's to the point where I'm tired of being told to calm down they're not good and I'm wrong, to the point where they're bad, they're not good, and I'm being told I'm tired of being told that I'm wrong. I called this, Rocky called it months ago. Um, they're not good. And I don't even know what to say anymore. So I brought Sean on. Sean, you want to start from the beginning, wherever you how you felt going into the season and where you feel now, because I don't think they're salvaging anybody on this team anymore. I could uh, they're they're like a lost cause. I mean, it's like they can't get out of their own way. It, they're not even fun to watch anymore, which is just, you know, it's like they win and you're surprised. They lose and it's expected. And, you know, I came into the season, you know, quite frankly, you know, optimistic. Elaine Vigneault going into his second season, 
the Flyers were rolling going into, you know, the, the lockdown and, and they, they ran through the preliminary round and, you know, they stuttered in the playoffs, but they came and they came up short, which I, I, I get. It was disappointing, but I, I, again, they, they opened the season and I remember for a while, you know, everyone was posting about how the only team that they lose to is the Bruins. And now it's, it's, I don't, I don't see a point in watching a game that I inevitably know how it's going to end. It's, it's night after night, another form of disappointment and it's never ending. It's, it's never ending. I feel like I'm just getting kicked in the junk every time I watch a Flyers game. And you know what? I feel like there's more fun things I could do that would still end in disappointment. Like getting kicked uh, in the junk. I mean, really, you know, it's, it's like, you know, do I get to kick back? I don't, I don't even know, but it's just every, every, I'm not surprised by anything negative that goes on anymore. I feel like watching the game, I think in my head, oh, look, Nolan Patrick missed another opportunity or he fell down again. Oh, look, Carter Hart is without a stick. Oh, look, Carter Hart didn't make an easy save. Oh, look, Carter Hart was left hanging out to dry. And I love Carter Hart. I mean, I, I do. I think he's the future. Uh, I mean, and the current and I love him, but it's just like every single, every single time something negative. Oh, look, they gave up another last minute of the period goal or, Oh, look, they gave up another lead. And, and, or they'll come back from their, you know, from being down dramatically and, oh, look, they lose it in overtime. I don't know. It's just not surprised by any form of disappointment anymore. And, you know, the really, the only thing that surprises me game day in and game day out is the fact that I elect again to put myself through the suffering it, it, where I know how it's going to go yeah. and I still elect to do it willingly it's it's like self-mutilation over and over again i just want to put a stop (laughs) i just want to put it just for some perspective here and and i'm a little bit more sympathetic to kelly um in her relation to me watching a bad hockey team because she's a cats fan she saw it she she saw it for years um Mm -hmm. And uh, less to Paul because of the Bruins. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Paul. I literally I love you, buddy. Want to hear nothing from either one of them about <laughs> being patient or waiting and seeing. And here's why, okay? Because the Bruins, for as long as I can remember, have been have been some sort of a threat. It feels like they have been a threat. Forever, and I'm Ivy. I obviously don't know the history of the Bruins the way I know the history of the Flyers, and but it just feels like every single year for as long as I can remember, it, it, I've thought in my head, "Shit, here come the Bruins," you know. <laughs> and then, you know, and then the Capitals. Okay, whether they're, you know, the running joke with the Capitals was, "Oh, look, they won another Presidents Club or Presidents Trophy," but you know, they fail in the playoffs. But you know what? They were fun every single year, and it's so much more fun when you've got a guy like Alexander Ovechkin on the on the team. Well, I, you know, it's the Flyers are the typical. Oh, but next year we this, and next year oh, just wait for the prospects. 
I feel like this year we came into this season thinking, oh, you know what? We've got the offense shored up. We're getting Nolan Patrick back, Oscar Lindblom. You know, we're getting all Kevin Hayes in his second year and second year in Elaine Vigneault's system. And this is the year when that youth that was so untouchable for so long, this is the year they were taking over. And it's, and, and our stud goal tag, it just seemed like this was the year because it's always next year. They're the, the, they should be called the Flyers next seasons because every single time, the Philadelphia next seasons, because with Philadelphia, the next season's always the one that they're going to figure it all to get, figure it all out. I, uh, and, and, and contrary to what Sean say, if you guys want to jump in, please do. Um, I, uh, I didn't. It's been documented on this show I didn't. I didn't go into this season with uh, high expectations. It's on Twitter. Go through my Twitter. I said they sucked. I said they sucked during the Habs series. They sucked. They're not beating the Islanders. They didn't beat the Islanders. I know that maybe people, well, on, 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 on the stat sheet, it was closer. They have a prayer against Barry Trotz. No way. No way that Islanders team was going to lose with Barry Trotz in the charge. Um, uh, Niskanen was a big, huge blow losing him. Can you believe that we're saying that in 2021? Miss Kit, Kelly, you tell you you had how many years with this Miss Kinnon on the Caps? You know how good he was. Um, oh, I forget when they picked him up for fourteen. I think it was fourteen, fifteen, right? Fifteen something. And when I said he signed with us, you you and I said the same thing. Well, that's a great. That's going to be a great pick. That's going to help the younger guys. And and I'm not and. Let me explain. This is not an F, uh, my, uh, Matt Niskanen. Uh, I understand his reasons for leaving and, and it's his decision anyway, but I knew that was a bigger blow than anybody. But the thing, Cash, I kept saying when he left that day was I saw several accounts, several people that I respect that I took their word for, but at the same time I was going, eh, I don't think so. That said depth, depth, depth. What depth? Well, you've got the untouchable defense. I mean, <laughs> the untouchable defense. They absolutely, you know, they, they, you can't trade any of them. They are, you know, they're just the, the future. We are set forever. Let's trade Goss Bear because we've got Eric Gustafson and yada, yada, yada. I mean, listen, I knew Matt Niskanen was going to be a big loss, right? But I didn't think he was going to be the team is in shambles loss. I mean, the team is utterly in shambles loss. And they're, the fact that they have sat there and just watched this thing slide out of control is just mind-boggling to me. I want to watch the games with my son, and I feel like it would be considered a form of child abuse now with cancel culture. I just don't understand why... It's, it's all, it's the same, it's the same thing every night. It's the same thing every year. You know, every, everyone's the problem, right? But for whatever reason, they can't, it's like they're the only team who can't figure it out. I, uh, I said the other night watching the fandoms, which is a win or lose a joy to watch compared to the, you know what? I can't, I can't watch them lose to the Bears because I, I take that personally because Kelly's a Bears fan. Ask her, watching Bears and Phantoms games are so much fun. Um, 
But compared to the Flyers, it's like watching a professional team versus a, a, a high school team. And I said earlier, I don't know, you want to comment on this, Cash. I said, you know, not that I matter, but one of the tweets I said was, I don't want anybody from the Phantoms to get touched by this team this year. You know, at this point, I don't if care. They're not, I don't, uh, number one, I don't care because they're, I'm so tired of hearing about the future and I'm so tired about hearing about the prospects. I mean, it's been the prospects for seven years now. It feels like I'm uh, trade. I'd rather go back to the days of Bobby Clark and Paul Holmgren running the show where every single year your draft stock is getting decimated and every single year your prospect pool is getting decimated, but every single year they're fighting for the playoffs and they're making the playoffs. I mean, I feel like for the first 20 years of my life, 25 years of my life, the one staple in Philadelphia was that the Flyers were making the playoffs. Maybe they weren't getting out of the first round. Maybe they weren't getting out of the second round. Maybe they were going to be in salary cap hell when they, you know, when they developed the salary cap. Maybe, maybe, maybe all these other things. But one thing was for sure, if they weren't performing, something was done every single year, like clockwork. And ridicule me, criticize me for saying I don't care about the salary cap. Is this better? No. Is, is this the better situation? No. I mean, every year we can't touch any of the draft picks because of what they could be. And every year we've got some new upcoming prospect that's supposed to be amazing. And every year, you know, we've got some salary cap space, but we don't have salary cap space. And it's just every year there's always something. At least make the game fun. At least make them fun. I have, I had season tickets for seven years. My only regret is that I didn't cancel them sooner. Ah. I, the, only, the last time I had, I had partial season tickets was oh five oh six, and they were fun then. <laughs> and they were fun then. They're at least fun. All right, I, so. were, I got I got season tickets the year after the shift, the year after Claude put Crosby on his ass on the first shift, and then scored after the faceoff. I went right to the season ticket holder booth. I put my name down. I dropped my card. I said, put me on the list. And I canceled, I don't know, before the COVID season, maybe the year before that. I had season tickets through misery. And I am only sad that I didn't do it sooner. Question for everybody. Cash, I'll have you go last. Yeah. Kelly and Paul, I, I do want you in on this from being an outside observer. And to be fair, uh, Cash, Kelly's very supportive of the Flyers. Um <laughs> She watches the games with me. I watch I'll the games. I'll trade you teams, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to Kelly first. You there, Kelly? Yeah. Okay. Kelly, Paul, then Cash. You sat there and you've seen the same core. Well, are we in year 10 of the exact same core around that? We're around almost 10 years, 9, 10 years. We've had five to six coaching changes. At this point, I don't fire AV. I look to the players. Is that a fair assessment to make, or is the course because Sean and I have been trade Claude Giroux? You're out of your mind for years, and I'm not saying that, but I don't think I every anybody's safe at this point. I we'll get to, like I said, we'll get the cash last. Kelly, you looking on the outside, watching the games I've watched, what would you do? Um, I I don't really know. Uh, the 
there's there's a lot there. Um, it's just like every other team in the league, though. Like you have to find the right combination, and there's no there's no solution to it. Like there, there's no variable or algorithm. Like it's it's complete. <laughs> you just have to try. <laughs> you just have to do something, and then see what happens. It, you know, you you throw it all away and you go pick up Yager and you rebuild around Yager and then in three years go, dear God, what did we do? (laughs) And you throw, you burn it to the ground and you hope that you can get a number one pick who happens to be a generational talent. (laughs) And then you suffer miserably for 13 years. Uh, and then on a year when no one thought anything was going to happen, when your starting goaltender isn't your starting goaltender going into the playoffs, it it happens. And there's no – it wasn't changing GM. It was just the, – it's the confluence of all these things that go right at the right time. Um, if there no. was a formula for it, trust me, every team would do what the Caps did. Or what the Bruins did in eleven, or you know whatever, what the Lightning did. No, I, maybe I, not last year, but I um, under I understand that Kelly. But what I'm saying is, is do you look to coaching changes again after six or seven times, or do you finally go? I'm tired of these guys playing together. They're not doing anything. Oh no, no. I with with that group, I I think yeah, you you start you start picking them off. Maybe trade trade one or one or two of the bigger names and and. See see if that makes a difference. Paul, before you go, I just want to say, Dax, please hang on and stay. I'm going to read all that off right before Sean goes and get a nice summation. Get a nice summation. Paul, you, and then and then Cash. Well, I got to tell you that my computer started acting wonky when you asked the question, so I don't even know what the question is. Oh, I said right okay. Now. So just to, just to summarize, the same basic core group been around 10 years, six coaching changes. Do you coach, change coaches again, or do you finally start going, you know what, motherfucker, uh, efforts, we're done? You, you know what Sean said that just really rang a bell is you've got these guys who are just untouchable who shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, you, you've got to, at, at some points, prospects. It's great to have a loaded farm system. It's great to have all these prospects. But at some point, you have to turn that draft capital into players who are worthy. Yeah, you know, you I, can't, you can't, you can't live off. You can only live off of potential for so long. I'm only using Claude as the main uh, um, example because he's the captain. <sighs> but I'm just saying, I, I'm real. Uh, here's what I'm real tired of, and then Cash take over and answer the same question. I'm real tired of being told on paper that we're good, and then when you're down nine nothing, nothing. That, that's it. So I, I I don't I'm I love I love my team on a basic level on a basic level because I'm not even watching this game no idea what's going on um you don't care I love my team at a basic level but at this point loyalty is getting me nothing and I I don't care if it's Joe Bob or uh, Joe Blow who are scoring the goals I just need somebody to do it catch what do you do. Uh, well, first of all, I do inform you that because you're not paying attention to the game, uh, in the midst of this, you know, they're this winning, conversation, they? they're losing. They gave up a third goal. So oh, they cool. were winning. 
uh, or excuse me, they were down one nothing. They tied it. Farabee, fantastic. They gave up a power play goal with six seconds left in the period because that's not frustrating. Then we started this, and don't worry, the deficit has since doubled. Uh, What do you do? You know, what can you do? I mean, you've got these, you've got these players that are, you know, your quote unquote core, but they're so expensive. Do you really get relief? I mean, nothing's going to happen until the trade deadline, right? Because if they're out, maybe they do start, start peeling back some of these players, but you know, it was just said, you know, the draft capital, the, the prospect pool, the capital, they're like investments, right? But what happens when you have an, a, an investment that, that starts to diminish? You got to get rid of, like, you have to capitalize on these guys and trade them for sure things because you can't expect to pan out on all of your investments. You're going to win some and you're going to lose some. And the flyers feel like they're going to win them all and they act like they're going to win them all. And the fact is, is that's just unrealistic. It's unrealistic to to think that you're gonna you're you're constantly finding these million dollar penny stocks, and that they they act like that's exactly what they have. Everything is going to skyrocket. And I mean, what do you do? I I still don't know what can you do. The the, the main problem for me that I see with this team is that every single night it's a different player dropping the ball. And, and, and another player who had previously dropped the ball had a fairly solid game. It's, it's almost like they can't get it together on the same night ever. Someone's always got to screw it up. Someone always has to have a bad night that leads to a loss. And I, I just, I can't fathom how I, I get it. They can't do live practices and all these COVID restrictions and blah, 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 blah. But, it seems like it's affecting the Flyers. Is I was going to say, that, every t- other team right. is get following the same rule. I don't give right. a shit if that's the rule. Figure what it is, out. Like, my question is, how, is there a team that has regressed more from last season to this season than the Flyers? I was going to say the I Sabres. Mean, the Canucks. Very good. Very good point, Kelly. Canucks. That's Okay, the Canucks. That's fine. I, I, you know what? I don't remember. The, have the Canucks been relevant for years, though? Kelly, I mean, what were you saying, uh, Kelly? What were you saying about the Canucks last year, and then they went into this year and just? No, I, I had been kind of following them, and then I followed them in the playoffs, and I just liked, liked the game that they were playing. So I was, I was. I was excited about that team, that combination of players. They had a great, they had a great run in the, in the playoffs. Um, and it looked like coming out of that, I mean, they, they lost in the second round. Um, it looked like they were kind of, they were on the right path. Uh, they went and picked up <laughs> a bunch of capitals, uh, in the offseason, um, uh, just cementing the fact that I was going to pay attention to them some more. Um, and, uh, and then they, they've just, They've s the bed <laughs> season. It's, it's been a complete, a complete and utter failure. Out so there. we have, so we have two teams. We have the Flyers, Canucks, and Dax wanted to say Dallas. Dallas is the other team that. Oh, the yeah, best. Dallas really, yeah. Because they what they were they missed like eight games out of the gate because yeah, of COVID. Exactly, yeah, and then they had like, the power go out, so they lost a whole other weekend. It's yeah, they're just that's just a tough cash. I'll, I'll put it to you like this. A year and a half ago, we've done four or five 
Flyers episodes. We were going to do more, but it's just so depressing. Um, they've all been sad. Yes, they've all been sad. Uh, but about a year and a half ago, when we were still in the end of the Hackstall era, we had the discussion about who would you save? Who is untouchable? So I'm going to ask, is anybody untouchable? Yes. Obviously, there are players that are untouchable. Carter Hart is untouchable. That's one. Okay, I don't – you know, Carter Hart is untouchable. I think Ivan Provorov is untouchable. Uh, I, I would say if there's a second D-man that I would say is untouchable, it's it's probably Phil Myers or maybe Travis Sanheim. I would lean more towards Phil Myers just because his speed and his reach are two things that you can't teach. Uh, I feel like one – I mean, while he does have his downsides, he's a young defenseman, which I get, I feel like his best play is chasing down a breakaway and his long reach can reach around the guy and poke the puck away. So you can't teach things like that. From offense, you know, uh, TK is solid. You know, Lindblom is solid. Um Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Morgan Frost is solid. I, I don't. I don't know if any is, of these guys is, would be is, considered. Is, 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 is our captain safe anymore? I mean, say, but what's? But hold on. Is he safe? Is a relative question, right? Is he? Is, there's a variable here. Is he safe because he's not performing, or is he safe because the Flyers are tanking? Which one is it? Because quite frankly, if I were to li- if I were to come up with a list of reasons that this Flyers team is going down the drain. Claude Giroux doesn't enter my mind whatsoever. Okay. He's, just, he's okay. just not a guy that you can watch. Like, you can say, wow, TK, that was a really stupid penalty. Like, and you can say it two games in a row, quite frankly. <laughs> you know, I, I, I even think that Jake Voracek has had a good season. Sean Couturier, yeah, he's been, he's he's, Sean Couturier is untouchable. I, yeah. Sean Couturier I is untouchable. I agree. Uh, Joel Farabee is having a fantastic, in my opinion, jump from last season to this season. You know, I still don't see the draw with Nolan Patrick. Um, I, I, I want to so bad and I give the guy credit, like, I, I, you know, coming back from, you know, the migraine issue. I just, I don't, like, I just don't see it so much. Sean, uh, I, you know. I just want to add to that because I can't give you finger signals because you're not video. So I just, I just want to add to that. Nolan Patrick, I would love to, I, I just, I think whatever happened to him, I think he's changed. And I, I, I don't see maybe if he gets a full season's rest and maybe he can say, I don't think, I don't think, he, I don't think he will. That's the problem. I don't think, didn't he just take a whole season? I mean, no, I mean, I mean, I mean, without the, I mean, without a COVID atmosphere and having a normal progression, I think, I think he's gone. I mean, um, I think his head is too I, – I don't think he's – A, I don't think he's anywhere near 100%. And that's just – I feel like with that – I'll I'll just I'll, – I'll play devil's advocate here. Yeah. You know, I feel like 
you know, if he had an ankle issue and he was powering through, I'll give you that wrist, shoulder. If he had some of those injuries, he'll power through. I don't think that there is a chance in hell that he is powering through a head injury. No. And I just, I can't think that with all the attention on 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 head trauma and concussions okay. and all that just I can't I can't for one second think okay. that if he didn't get a shining review from everyone in the medical field I gotcha. can't think he's power I understand your point. All right, I understand your point. That's a very good point. Um what about but You know what? When Go you ahead. look at when you look at Nolan Patrick, do you know what you see at least in my opinion? I see man I wish that was Nico his year. That's what yeah. I see. Yeah, I do. <laughs> That's what I see. I see yeah. Nolan Patrick and I'm like Man, I wish you were Nico. And, you know, it's hard. You, you can come up with a laundry list of, of, of reasons why that's not true or excuses or but, 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 but. But at the end of the day, you, you, you know, I get that there are things that aren't his fault. Okay. That's fine. It also wasn't Eric Lindros's fault that he took the brutal shoulder across the face and had the head injuries he did. Do you still wish that he was healthier? Of course you do. Are there better players than, you know, than over the span of the career where he was injured? I'm sure that there are. So I get that you can't control the injuries. I get, I mean, the migraines, the COVID, the this and that. But at the end of the day, you look at the overall course of where they are at from draft night to today, and you can't tell me that you look at that guy and say, man, I wish we got the other one. I I, I mean, realistically, no I mean, who would you – I mean, I would have I would have picked Nico. King. Right. I, I would have rather had Patty King 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> All right. right? My, my, not my final question, but my, my final formal question to you, and then we'll start wrapping this. Um, Chuck Fletcher, no trades. I have – I'll put it to you like this. People want stuff done. I, of course, want stuff done, but I've also, of course, written the season off. Season's over. There's, I, I don't think this team has the ability to bounce back. I just don't. I hope I'm wrong. I don't want to be right. I just want to clarify that. I don't want to be right. Please make me wrong. I, I'll post the gif of me putting my foot in my mouth every night. I don't want to be wrong, but I've been worried about this team since the Habs series, period. Um, Chuck Fletcher, people want things done this year, and they want things done now. Do you think – that it is on Chuck Fletcher, or do you think there's nobody available? Because my other question is, is okay, well, who? Well, so here's my issue with Chuck Fletcher, and I, and quite frankly, I don't have many of them. Okay, I think that he should have yeah. had. Uh, a, I don't I either. think he. Sh- I feel like he should have had a better assessment of this team coming into the season. But when you look at the way that they were finishing, you know, they were going into the second half of the season, March, you know, into the into the playoffs before COVID hit, you had to like everything about them. You really just had to like, they were fun. They were exciting. You know, when they lost, they were in it. When they won, it was exciting. Everyone was gelling. Quite frankly, the only thing you missed last season was Nolan Patrick being a part of the party, right? And then you come into the off season and it did not end the way you wanted it to, but you know what? I, I hated it, but I, I got it. You know, anytime you take a team that's a full head of steam and momentum and you stop them hard in your tracks, it's really tough to get that thing back going again. So I'm cool there. And then you think, great, Oscar's coming back. He was killing it before he, you know, before his terrible series of events. And Nolan Patrick was coming back. And it's like, holy shit, we have a third line center as quality as Nolan Patrick, who I still wish was Nico, right? But see, so you can't blame Chuck Fletcher too much. Um, 
uh, you know, I, I find it really tough to. And I also thought it was great that he brought back both Carter Hart and Brian. I mean, I, th- I think it was great that he brought back Brian Elliott. Yeah, I like the Elliott signing. I, I agree. There was so much of it that I liked. So I, I did like. I can't blame him too much because it takes two teams to tango with a trade. And when they know that you're desperate and you're spiraling out of control, there's less of a motivation to trade with a failing That's what Kelly said. That's exactly what Kelly said. You cannot force a team to pull the trigger. And when there is desperation and your team is reeking of desperation, you can ask for a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And while I do think moves need to be made, I certainly, you know, I respect a guy who thinks this is going to be too detrimental to our future. But if he's sitting there, and he's saying, I don't want to give up one of my prospects. I'll, I'll lose it. But again, you have to have a team who's willing to pull the trigger. You also have to have confidence that the player that you're going to get back is an impact player. So if we're going to get a guy who's been in the league for a couple years and has proved it, and you gotta, gotta give up a little bit more than you want to. Yeah, I can swallow that bullet. I'm cool with that. But if you're, like, taking a flyer out on a guy who's shown flashes, but you just don't know, and then you may have to also give up too much, you, you can't sell that to the team. Like, you you just can't, you can't sell that to the fan base. So do I blame Trout Kletcher? Not really. Uh, I think his hands are a little bit tied right now. And I also think that other GMs are trying not to do anything too overly drastic and dramatic because they're all operating in the same mindset with this shortened COVID weird practice season. You know, what you really need to see is how they all respond to a potential 80 game, 82 game uh, year, which is obviously coming up, but it does nothing for us now. Yeah. Um, I just want to read a few things and I'll let you go after your final comment. Um, they shouldn't lose. Uh, there's no effing reason to lose nine to nothing. No, there's not. Not at all. Um, as Essie as the recent coaching staff's been, oh, that actually brings up one more question I had. Um, while I'm reading this and I'll ask the question, the team has been constantly quitting players, quitting on players. Uh, oh, me mean coaches. Sorry. I'm reading comments here. Reading on, co- uh, quitting on coaches. It can't continue. You just can't. You're being paid a S load of money to then any considerably more hardworking people, some that even risk their lives are, Effing no showing every other game. That's completely unacceptable. But more gritty content, am I right? And I'm convinced Chuck Fletcher is going to get himself sacked. Um, and this was my question. The other comment was both mics have to be sacked. Um, Sean, this is your, uh, this is your chance to pull me off the uh, the ledge with these two. And I said this at the beginning. I don't understand why they have a job, and I don't want them to have a job now. Terry and Neo, I want them out of here. I don't like them. Who? Michelle Terrian and uh, Mike uh, Mikey O. Oh, I mean, uh, you know. Exactly. Know. Who? <laughs> exactly. You know, it, you know, it's funny to see the, the team struggle so much at every facet of the game when you consider that you've got three head coaches on the team. Uh, but that also could be the, the mindset of too many voices. I, I don't, I don't believe that players are, I don't believe that the players are quitting. I, at least if they are, I don't, I don't think it's something that would have happened that quickly. You know, if you had told me that you thought they quit on Peter Laviolette, I mean, I could understand how after years and years and years of it, you know, maybe it just became too much. This is year two. Yeah. So I, I can't know. really say that quitting on, and 
you know, look, the whole mindset of they get paid so much and they're a more hardworking. I mean, listen, let's be very real here. We have no idea how hard that they're working. And that could also be said for every single sport. You know, when you, when you got a guy like Joel Embiid who's sitting, you know, because they're restricting his minutes and you're thinking, well, I wish I could take a day off because I was tired and still, I mean, that's a silly argument that can be applied to every single professional sport. But, you know, you got to, at some point you got to crack heads. I mean, that's really what it is. You know, the problem is the days of the bag skates, you you can't do that today. I mean, I don't even think you can hold a practice today. So I don't, I mean, I don't even know what the question was. I'm so sad. No, no, no. You you nailed it. Alrighty. As for Moose, you know how much I adore him. Uh, This is a comment from Dax, but the fears I had are being realized with him. Dax, I'm going to say something. uh, Sean will probably agree with me. Moose is having the same problem with the team in front of him as Carter. Yeah, I mean, quite frankly, in the beginning of the season, you know, uh, you know, Carter was not starting the season off well, and then Moose went in, and all of a sudden it seemed like they were just playing better, you know, and, and then that has since subsided as well. The fact is, is that I think that it's true to be said that they're – they're definitely not making all the saves that they should. I'm pretty gonna, I'm gonna be pretty convinced that you can say that about almost every single goaltender in the league. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I do feel like there are just so many situations where you're like, what is the team in front of them doing? I mean, how is a player even that wide open? I mean, you know, you look at the, you look at the second goal that, that they, that the devil scored tonight. I mean, how, do you have a guy in, in the off wing slot that wide open for, uh, for a slap shot? I mean, how, for a one time, how do you even allow that? How do you have the guy cutting in on Carter Hart on the first goal? I just don't understand. I didn't see the third goal because I was talking to you. I Did have you not seen a team leave this many people in front of the net untouched in my life. In my life, yeah. Sean. I mean, in my life. Yeah. Ever. If they're going to, if they're going to take penalties, I'm fine with that, especially if the guy is left cringing on the ice in front of the goaltender and you're taking a penalty for roughing. I'm cool with that penalty yeah. all day long. But, like, the stupid ticky-tack hooking around the wrist and, you know, stupid penalties in the offensive zone or away from the – those things drive me crazy. If you're going to take a penalty, make it worth it. <laughs> Deck a guy in front of the net. Let him know that if he's going to be there, he's going to get hit every – Single time. time. Oscar Lindblom. I, I, I can't believe. And I'm. it's not just Oscar taking it, but I can't believe the amount of times I've seen somebody cross-check. And I'm not talking about like, oh, my God, he should be suspended. But I, I'm just saying cross-checks in general. I can't be, believe how many players I've seen take a cross-check or a wrist slash or, or a roughing and nobody on this team do anything. That is probably, to me, in my opinion, what makes this even harder is, is I get if you're struggling on the ice, cool. But the fact that you know, nobody's fighting a mother effort. And, yes, I do want more fights. If you're going to play like that, I need somebody to go, uh, you and me, dude, I, I need, I'm going to knock you out. Here's my thought on that. Okay, I, you know, look, obviously what, Car- what, what Oscar went through last year was terrible. His recovery was incredible. but He's an NHL player just like everyone else. They shouldn't fight more or less because of what he's overcome. Fair. And, uh, you know, I, 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 maybe, I, maybe I'll get ridiculed for that. 
but yeah, you're you fired. can't treat him right. You can't you can't treat him like he's got kid gloves on. Maybe in the playoffs when he came back last year, yeah. I'll give you that one. Sure. But at this point now, you can't treat him with kid gloves. If he gets hit, he gets hit. If he gets cross checked in the head, you know what? You got to hope. But I'm saying nobody, nobody is doing because, anything because because you I, I I watch a lot of football. Okay, and and yeah. we all watch a lot of hockey. They always see the retaliation, always see the retaliation. They never see the initial penalty, and it's time and time again where you see the flag get called or the arm go up because they saw the retaliation. And when your team is spiraling out of control the way the Flyers are now, you cannot afford to take any more dumb penalties because they're already taking stupid penalties. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I can't. Don't really have an argument. Uh, you're. I'm just gonna leave the floor open to you for a minute and just say what you want. What you, just just either your final thoughts on it or your final vent or what? What do you want to close with, man? I. You know, it's it's just overall it's just a complete disappointment of a season. You know, I was really excited to get hockey back more so than any of the other sports. You know, it's sad to see night in and night out a different way to be disappointed with the team. You know, it's, it's, I, I've had to turn off Twitter, which is incredible for me because I didn't even want to see the silver linings of the. Oh my God. All of those people. The, I don't, I, don't know. I, ha- I haven't seen it all season. And it's honestly, if there's one good thing about a hockey, about the hockey season this year, it's that I haven't read the word Corsi yet. So I'm oh, that's thrilled <laughs> about that. Because you know what? I think that there's a place in every sport for advanced metrics and advanced stats, but there's also an eye test, and there's also execution. And there's something to be said that a guy can just put the puck in the back of the net, and I don't give a shit what his advanced stats say. So, but I also think that they're important because they create opportunities for success. Um, with that being said, it, it feels like there is no consistency anywhere on the team and and this is a year where because you can't learn how to work with your teammates in practice you have to learn how to work with them in the game and with that that means minimizing the amount of changes that are done the line changes you know the setups things like that you got to keep things as consistent as possible and and at some point you know as we change coaches several times and we talk about this players got to get the job done. I mean, you're getting paid the same way they're getting paid. You're all fighting for the same goal, except every single night it feels like we're on the wrong side of the team that executes. So, I mean, there's really how much yelling can you do with the coaches? They can put the positions in the the players in the position, but the players got to put the puck in the net. And and they're just – they're not playing – they haven't played a complete game, at least a good version of a complete game, in – in forever and that is really tough because last season it feels like their off games were few and far between and this year it's the complete inverse their their solid games are few and far between um you know i don't i don't really know that i got anything else to say i'm just again i'm just sad oh and just in case you're wondering in case you're keeping track at home they gave up another goal in the last minute of a period Dude, so, it's like Hackstall's Flyers. What's it's the point? Unbelievable that that they scored at the end of the first with six seconds left, 
and they scored at the end of the sec- second period with 24 seconds left. So 5-1 now? It's 4-1. Oh, it's 4-1. It, yeah, but you know what? The moment it became 2-1, it might as well have been 9 nothing. <laughs> All right. Uh, Paul or Kelly, um, since you're not going to be asking me, did you want to ask anything of uh, Mr. Cash before you went Flyers-wise? Uh, no questions from the field. All right, man. That's all I needed. That's all I wanted. So, uh, I'm, I'm gonna... so excited to do this again. Yeah, oh, yeah. We'll do it again <laughs> soon, too. <laughs> no, I'll get you on again soon and um, have another hybrid show where it's half and half. But I just wanted to touch base with you because I know it's building up on all of our – on you and I, I mean. And I um, just wanted to get it out there. So thanks for coming on. Awesome. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Uh, we'll play Call of Duty soon. Do you have Black Ops yet? Uh, not yet. Fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if I do get it, we're just going to play at the Cherry Hill Mall every day. I'll with you there, brother. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> All right, thanks, man. I'll, I'll I'll hit you up online, sir. All right, brother. I'll talk to you. Have a good one. Me too. That's Sean Cash. You can find him on Twitter at 215. Cash, did you guys have any closing thoughts about the Flyers uh, now that I'm done my uh, – I'm done my thing. You'll never hear from it again except Kelly who lives with me. I just – listen, I understand you guys have both been there. Well, not you, Paul. Go, go to hell. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. Take a little bit of a look at the history. Uh, Bruins have – No, I, was, run, I but... was kidding. I was kidding. Um, I know you guys have both been there and seen bad teams, so I know you're, I know you've seen the same thing. Um, and I don't, when I say these things, I don't mean, well, you don't know what it's like or you haven't said, it's just, you guys have been to the top. I've had no top. So I just am miserable about it more. And it, it's where I'll see other teams make little, um, the sense, right? I'm like, oh, I mean, they're better this year. And then I'll get that with the Flyers and immediately it plateaus and dies every time. And I'm going to die soon. So if we could get this ball rolling, get one goddamn cup. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> that's all I want. Uh, other than the NWHL, is there anything we want to discuss this week, Kelly? Oh, holy cow. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. This is. So the flyer therapy session is over yeah. at 55 minutes. Okay. What, what, what did they have to get in? 20 minutes. 20 minutes. I knew yeah. it was going to happen. It's the same thing when I say, well, we're only going to have like 20 minutes to talk tonight. We go for like 48. All <laughs> right. Famous last words. Kelly, is there something you want to bring up or are we just going to let Paul lead the charge from here on? Yeah, yeah, I have no idea. I don't know. Oh, take it, Paul. Hey, college hockey's been happening all over the place. Slightly, yes. Did you guys see the – Women's championship game. I want. I went back to watch the end of it between Wisconsin and Northeastern. Wisconsin. Ooh, what a game! Wisconsin Overtime. again, huh? You know, yeah. Back. Well, back. Is it back to back with a year off in the middle? Sure. We'll I think. Yeah. It's a. It's a mini dynasty, or what people like to call it these days, a dynasty. Yeah, two in a row is not a dynasty. It's nice. It's impressive, no doubt about it. But man, okay, what Patriots, a. Man. What a. What we went through I know, that I was, twice. I know. I was kidding. <laughs> Yeah, that's really two separate dynasties because there was like 10 years. All ago. right, anyway, all right. But anyway, that was not the point. Anyway, uh, what a way to lose a game if you're on the Northeastern squad, huh? Oh, my God. 
I so explain what happened again because well, you know usually we say that you know in a long game in an overtime game usually it's an ugly goal that wins it. This surpasses ugly. This was uh, uh, one of the uh, Wisconsin players, Daryl Watts, had the puck in Gretzky's office behind the net, tried to center it out front, went off the defenseman's leg or stick and into the net for the game winner, the championship winner in overtime. They were as shocked as the rest of us. Yeah. I felt so bad. I felt so bad. And you know what? It was really weird because, you know, you always have that moment at the end of games like that where you have the – contrast of the winning team and the contrast of the losing team this one is one of the hardest one hit ones i've ever seen because it was like we did it to ourselves and uh, one of the one of one of the players dropped to the ice the goalie just was like what it was just i i've i've never seen something quite as heartbreaking and i've seen patrick kane stuffing in a bad angle past Leighton. Yeah, it was an unfortunate way for a, for a great game to, to end. But, uh, you know, Wisconsin was, was a fantastic team all year. They were the number two seed going into the tournament. With Northeastern was the number one seed. And uh, these teams are young. I know Northeastern is not losing anybody. So they'll be back. And, by the way, it was only 40 minutes. We, the stream started, but the, the recording only started like 10, 15 minutes later. So that long. So, yeah, so that happened on the women's side. And in the men's side, they announced the brackets for the Frozen Four tournament. Do they have a weight room? <laughs> well, uh, if they do, if they do, it's a lot nicer than the women's. I'm oh, sure. yeah, I'm sure. NCAA, uh, great organization boy, oh boy. you are, you fucking assholes. Anyway. Uh, I don't like the NCAA before all that happened, but, yeah, that, they're not, not giving themselves in glory. Listen, there's all these other things that they've done blatantly for years. That, that it was remember a couple of years ago when the big deal was is wow they should probably play their players so and it was like but you didn't know they weren't getting paid where what what are you talking about where have you been all these years and then uh, all the other racist and sexist and other things that happened and then the the, the <laughs> just the video that um I forgot the player's name now uh, that posted the video of the they told us that they didn't have the room, and they were like, look at all this room. I watched it develop live when she posted the tweet and just watched it mushroom cloud over. And excuses and excuses happened. And then finally someone stepped up like, we're going to deliver stuff. If, you, if you'll take it, I guess we'll just deliver it to the point. I've never seen something so blatant just be accepted as okay in society. I mean, I have, but – I'm trying to put this over as a, well, why is this allowed to happen? I don't know. <laughs> Kelly, did you see any of that develop? Or you're a woman, you're just used to it at this point. No, well, <clears throat> I'm sure they didn't have a woman, a woman working on the logistics or something, or a woman in marketing or a woman in public relations who could have gone, you know, this is probably going to be a problem because everyone these days has a camera, a video camera in their pocket and can share immediately. Like we should probably, They'll never probably know. do something. Or, you know, just let the men and women use the same weight room. 
That was my question when I saw that. Like, That's my question. They're all in quarantine. What's the difference? That makes no sense to me. Yeah, I, I understand they can't have them in there at the same time, but you just set a schedule up, you clean it down, you set the rules up, and there you go. They're all being tested. I'm, I'm assuming they're being tested regularly because they're yeah. in the tournament together. That only makes sense. So just set up a schedule. It's not that hard. Yeah, I that mean, was my you know, but the NCAA makes billions of dollars and doesn't have to pay 95% of the people who work for them. So yeah. <laughs> what do they care? That's not going to change. I don't know. Well, anyway, what started this? Oh, yeah, the brackets. The brackets. <laughs> uh, the top four seeds for the men. You got North Dakota at one, Boston College, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. That would be nice if Wisconsin kind of just doubles it up. That would be kind of cool. I'd laugh. It'd be, and, it's and, that and kind of buddy, year, you know? Our buddy Andrew Bowles would love it. <laughs> Why not? You know what? I like seeing other people happy. I don't have a horse in this race. <laughs> and, uh, Medicaid what, did that a couple of times in basketball. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what was interesting about the field is the West-East split. You know, college hockey is re- very much split ge- in half geographically. There's, you know, like 30 teams on this side of the country, and there's 30 teams up in this the Northeast. And out of the 16 teams in the tournament, 11 are from the West. Only five are from the East. Hmm. And out of those five, three are from Hockey East Conference, which means that uh, the uh, Atlantic Association and ECAC got screwed. All they got were their automatic qualifiers. Wow. And one of which was a replacement. Quinnipiac made it in because St. Lawrence had their coach tested positive for COVID and they dropped out of the tournament. Oh, wow. Well, did they – did all the team? – I'm guessing all the teams didn't play the same number of games this year, right? No. So and it I, really came down to, like, the rankings outside of the the championship tournaments. Yeah, and I know the, the Hockey East because I, that's the one that's around here where I live, and that's the one that's been on TV all year. I know they just played each other. I don't think there were many, if any, interconference games. So, mm. it, yeah, it came down to the uh, – to those rankings, like you said. You know, I know in the grand scheme of things, it's the it's the very last thing. But you know, vaccines are rolling out, things are getting rolled back, and I really can't wait till we can discuss normal schedules again. That's the same games getting played because I can't keep track of who's playing what. Even the AHL, it's just like, wait, who's play- wait what? Who hey, the, play- Pro- the Providence Bruins are leading in their division by 16 points. Yeah. Because there's only three teams in the division, and all they're playing is each other. It's just <laughs> – Right, yeah. Every game is a four-point game, so, yeah. yeah. And Providence is winning all of them. I think so like <laughs> so Providence is going in on their division. <laughs> yeah. But there's no playoffs in the AHL this year, I don't think. Is it no playoffs? I thought I saw that somewhere. Am I, I wrong? Mean, you have to play some sort of a playoff. Do you? Do yeah, sure you do. Are you gonna give up Calder Cup B and Calder Cup A? Calder Cup participant. There's a ribbon. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what the president that you know the the Pennsylvania Cup? Here's your consolation prize, bitch. I could be way off on this, but I thought I had heard at one point that they were not going to do the playoffs because of travel. Let me look this up. I also wanted to counterpoint the conversation uh, real quick on Twitter where someone said maybe Kate Smith should start singing God Bless America again for the Flyers. And I said, yeah, because it worked again since 1975. But anyway, moving on. <laughs> and not, never mind that you probably already have the best anthem singer in the league. 
I keep telling people that about Lauren Hart. And I mean, there are a lot of outstanding ones, but she is fantastic. I'm sorry. Real quick about Lauren Hart. Not only is she a direct lineage connection to the old days that you crave in Gene Hart, the play-by-play guy who was there for the bullies from little flyers to the world champions twice in a row, but she's a better singer. And you're like, no, bring the hologram back. What? what? <laughs> Get out of here. Anyway, sorry. I just thought it was fun. No, that's okay. And, uh, yeah, so that's what I had about the college. Some cool news there. And uh, we had, well, you were talking about wanting to do normal stories. Here's, yeah. Yeah, here, here. here's a normal story. Expansion. Yes. Yes, I, yes I heard this right before uh, I had dinner. I was like, ah, oh, there you uh, go. It's officially unofficial or unofficially uh, Is unofficial. it basically the ink is not signed yet, but pretty much the paperwork's written up? The Yeah, the league has not announced it to make it official, but all the details have been leaked. It's going to be the same ownership group. for the. All, first of all, the team will be in Montreal. There you go. Giving us a seventh team in the league and a second team in Canada. It'll be the same ownership group as the Toronto Six. Okay. Or the same management group, yeah. So they're going to control two of the teams. So three out of the seven teams will be privately owned. They're looking for more owners. So that's exciting news for the NWHL. Like we'll it. be playing their playoffs this weekend. So. Well, we'll talk about that in a second. So exciting news. Yeah, I just saw that this morning. I was like, how did that one manage to slip by me for a week? I will say, I didn't see it till today. I think um, it really blew up today. It, it, I, Marissa I, and Jemmy, who's really got the inside scoop on a lot of NWHL stuff, um, broke it, I think, a week ago. But uh, for whatever reason, nobody seemed to pick it up. I'm so, very happy with, based on how the season might have not finished, even though they said postponed, not canceled. I don't know why anybody mid, missed that little note at the end of the Original start of the Isabel Cup, but that's neither here nor there. After all that Barstool crap, which F Barstool, and I'm very clear about that, and I don't care. Um, it's not cancel culture. You're a bunch of a-holes, and I don't – please stay away. Um, and, and the of course, the two entities thing. After all that, that they're still like, we got another team coming in. Makes me very hopeful of the future of that league. That's all. Yeah, and, uh, you know, with, with some of the old guard leaving the NWHL with Danny yeah. Riling moving on and stuff, maybe the new leadership, you know, with the folks from Canada, from the Toronto organization, Digit Murphy and that crew, maybe they can find some common ground with the PWPHA and maybe we, we, maybe we're working towards one league. It's amazing that the NWHL has seemingly already gone through their old boys phase, air quotes, sarcastic on purpose, by the way. But the NHL is still in, living in it. Isn't that nuts? It's a little, like I thought about that when I read that statement the other day. Like, okay, well, so they're gone now. So you have a whole other uh, team in there that could very much repair the bridge that had been bro- burned. As well, opposed to we're not talking anymore. You know what I mean? Well, the NHL guys have millions of reasons to hang on. Sure. I just thought it was interesting. It still doesn't make it any less BS. Kelly brings it up all the time, that old boys network. I forgot what it was. I'm sure Kelly doesn't remember, but that that phrase came up again about something hockey-related we were talking about. 
Uh, I don't know what it is. I'm pretty sure it had to do with the Caps or the Flyers, but that 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 phrase came up again. I was like, man, man, every time it just comes back to the same people or a connection, six degrees of Kevin Bacon kind of thing. You know? But speaking of the NWHL, they're starting again. Yes, Friday night. Two games are Friday night on NBC Sports Network. You wouldn't have anything to do with that, would you? Uh, uh, a little bit. I, I am not part of the all-female broadcasting crew that they have been pumping up. It's like, that's okay. But that's, but that's all right. I'm not really part of the broadcasting crew. No, I, am no. doing the, I am doing the PA for the tournament, so my voice will be out there from time to time on the telecast, which is pretty cool. You hear the PA echoing all over NBC Sportsnet. You do know it will be Mr. Paul Bank. Very yes. nice. Is there my any voice does sound... Very different over a loudspeaker for some reason. I don't know. Oh, uh, is there any um, attendance for the tournament? There will be no fans in attendance. Oh, okay. interesting. Okay, Inter- yeah. that's interesting. They're really well. They want to. They want to finish the season off. That they weren't able to. do I mean, they could bang it off in two days with fans. Well, there. It doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. At yeah. Point- Massachusetts <laughs> has opened up to fans. Starting <laughs> the fans weren't the problem. <laughs> yeah, the fans were the problem. It was the players. It doesn't matter. <laughs> players went to Lake Placid testing positive. Sir. Uh, <laughs> well, one of the teams did. So Nate Prosser and Derek Poulot have a plus five chemistry with the Phantoms team on my NHL 21. Of course it does. Uh, Mr. Baker, our friend Dax, if you're still there, Dax, uh, has a question. Your thoughts on the Tuka Rask situation from last year? Last year? Yeah. His daughter got sick, That's and he left to go be with her. That's the end of the discussion. Yeah. yeah. Anybody had a problem with that as a terrible person? I want to say I that again. Done, I would have done the same. And any – well, I don't know. My dad wouldn't have, but that was kind of old school. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dad. No, that, that's old school. That was the thinking back then. Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, how, up, many, but... how many players back in the day couldn't go be – how about when guys started taking – like football players started taking games off when a big family event happened and the outcry and all the people who are against them, what do you mean? They're abandoning their teams. Hey dude, they're having a kid <laughs> or something like that. Hold on. Dax. Dax just said, I was just surprised at how many people had to go at it for him. So you're telling me, and I don't mean this as a commentary on you, Dax. You're telling me after who was in charge of this. I say this with air quotes of this country for the last one. <laughs> Um, the reaction to coronavirus, uh, uh, some Americans who don't give a shit, uh, and reactions to things in general, that you were surprised at the reaction some people gave to Gareth because they're completely terrible people? I'm not. I just wanted to further enforce that those are terrible people. <laughs> you know, and, yeah, and Dax is right. He... The, he uh, caught crap. The outcry, the outcry up here was incredible. So many people were all over him. Uh, and like you said, this isn't my daughter got a, a cold. My daughter three. could be dying. She had to go to the emergency room in the middle of a pandemic. Even if he would have stayed, he would have been useless. Go take care of your family. <laughs> not even a not even a question as far as. A lot of people were concerned. Not everybody, unfortunately, like Dan was saying, not everybody felt that way, but a lot of people did. Our priorities, in, as a general rule, of course there are people that have their priorities. 
uh, straight. But priorities in the world in general are really, really not what they should be. <laughs> uh, man. Uh, Actually, Kel- by the way, I do have a goalie jersey, but it's not Tuca. It's <laughs> Tim Thomas. You're not Tim Thomas. That's Tim. Kelly, we were – there's uh, – every now and then we'll still watch angry goalie videos. And the one that I never get tired of is Tim Thomas getting up to smack Avery in the face after he skates by him and hits him with a stick. Is it Sean Avery mm-hmm. on the Rangers? And he just kind of sits by. And Tim Thomas looks up and sees immediately. It's Avery gets up and hesitates not to hit him. But the thing that makes Kelly laugh every time is – Whoever on the Rangers comes from behind to try to stop Tim, Tim turns around immediately, just punches him in the face with his blocker. It's still one of the funniest. No, I'll hit you too. I love Tim Thomas, man. He was one of my favorite players. Great, oh. com- Greatest discovery commercial ever in the world. Almost one of the best commercials ever in the world. Just hit um, Peggy. Peggy. Did you, uh, speaking of angry goalie videos, have you ever seen a Tuka Rask angry goalie video? No, he's from, in those all Providence, the time. From oh, the days in Providence. Yes, yes. That one's in there all the time. Yes. With the milk crates? Yes. All of it. That's I, think all... I'm in, I think I'm in that video. Well, I got to look for it. Are you in the same seat you're always in? Yeah. yeah I'll look for you next time to see it. <laughs> Kelly, did you, is there anything you wanted to talk about this week? Anything we missed? No. You want to talk about the Flyers somewhere? No. Okay. No. Hey, uh, Ovi's uh, got an injury, huh? Hey, he took a day. Here, let's talk about this. Let's talk about the AHL and how we're doing. Uh, since uh, Paul already uh, went, I'm the greatest, I'm the fan of one of the greatest teams this year. No, no, I, know. I, ha- I haven't seen a minute. I just know that <laughs> you haven't watched any of it, really? <laughs> no. We've been watching it incessantly. Um, it's very weird to... The Flyers have made me so miserable that I start every game watching the fans depressed, but it's very weird to watch the fandoms in contrast with the Flyers and go, remember when Scott Gordon was the interim coach of the Flyers? Everybody's like, get rid of Scott too. I was like, Scott ain't the problem. <laughs> in fact, I was saying the two things about uh, when, when Carter got called up, Scott went up when um, Axel was fired up. I was saying the same thing. I don't want Carter Hart anywhere near this team. Not because of Carter, because of the team. And I don't want Scott, I don't want Gordon up there. Because it was going to F up the Phantoms. And it did. But it's really weird to watch the same system play competently. Almost an entire game. When all I want is one good period out of the fight. It's really weird. It's quite enjoyable to watch the Phantoms game. Um, Kelly, how are the Bears doing? Uh, the Bears have been pretty good. They've, um, I think they've, I think they're in second in the league or something. I haven't kept up with the standings very much. I've just, I think I've watched almost all the games this year. I might have might have missed one or two, uh, but they they look really good. Goaltending's been strong, and and uh, the the forwards seem to be kind of catching on to the system. We've got kind of a mixture. A couple of guys who were there for a few games last year and then wound up going back either overseas or. Um, I guess to juniors and stuff like that. So, but there's no real alternatives this year. So they're all kind of stuck in Hershey at this point, (laughs) but it's been fun to see them play. They, they're in most games. Um, I can think of one game that was an exception. Uh, My fault. No, 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 not that game. Well, they were in the game. They just, they blew a, a big lead to the worst team in the division, which is always frustrating to watch, but it happens. 
um, they responded well the next game. So that's really all you can ask for. Enjoyable hockey is out there to watch. By the way, Dax, highly recommend grabbing AHL TV if you got an extra 60 But Actually, I think it's like around 45, 50 at this point. AHL TV, you can watch any AHL team, period. No blackout restrictions, no passwords. You can watch every AHL game, and uh, it's more enjoyable and much calmer than watching uh, Flyers hockey right now. And you get to see uh, what could be in the Flyers. But God's sakes, again, I just want to reiterate, don't touch that team this year. Give me, leave me something good. I hopefully Chuck is like, you know what? I don't want anybody. <laughs> because let, let them play. We're well, just worry about our own stuff. Go ahead. The other thing that everyone is also having to deal with is the expansion draft. The expansion draft. That's true. That's the other thing that's holding back. I, I forgot to mention that. Thank you, Kelly. The, the Chuck Fletcher – everybody's crapping on Chuck Fletcher right now. And I just want to reiterate what Sean said. Some blame, but not the bulk of it. Because Chuck is all, we're also on an expansion draft year. And a lot, Kelly, I'm very happy that Sean and you said the same thing. Chuck probably was looking for a trade, but most players, most teams were like, no, I'm not giving you this for this. I want more. But that's just it though. Every team is like a, a good run of games out of, being in first place in their division. Every game is four points. I mean, look at what's happened in the East. Who's, it was the, the Bruins were the top, the Caps were the top, then out of nowhere, the Islanders were the top because they won 10 straight. And then and now it's, is it uh, the Islanders again? The Caps jumped up, the Bruins lost a couple of games, and then, and then the Penguins went on a streak and they're in first place. <laughs> it's like, it just, it, it only takes like five games. And literally, it's a twenty-point difference. <laughs> so no, it's yeah, but it's uh, the Flyers don't saying, have it. I'm in not them, saying you know? about the fly. I'm not talking oh, specifically general? about gotcha. the Flyers. I'm talking about all these teams. Yeah. Like, why are they going to do anything until they get to the deadline and actually have to make a call whether or not they're they're going to push for the Be playoffs yep. or they're going to they're going to sell and and you know plan for for next year and you know they have. They have their idea of what expansion is going to be like or the expansion draft is going to be like, and they're just going to do that. But no one knows until we get to the deadline. And even then, I mean, it's a guess, but that's going to be your best guess. I don't see any team being like, oh, well, we'll just blow it up. Uh, okay, I take that back. Buffalo might just blow it up at any point and just see what they can get and start over. But it doesn't make any sense to do it until until you get to the deadline and you have a a good idea of, um, you know, what the what the points are available for the rest of the season and you figure out your probabilities or whatever. Dax has a question for you, Kelly. What do you think of how Vanacek has done standing in for Samsonov? Is he Samsonov's number two now since he's come back, or is it the other way around? Um, he's, he's definitely the number two. I'm so happy. It was the one thing uh, that I was – um, kind of looking forward to this season um, because of the horrible thing that happened with Lundquist um, and then with, with COVID and stuff, he, he got, he finally got an NHL chance. This is a kid who's been in the organization for five years and never got an NHL game, not even one. And the Caps have been really good. They've had plenty of time at the end of the season when they, they knew what spot they were in. They could have given this kid an NHL game, and he stuck around, and he signed contract. And 
I was so happy that he was going to get a chance. Um, and then um, with uh, Samsonov, uh, he had been injured, which he didn't go to the playoff bubble. Vanacek did because of uh, ATV um, accident that happened during during the lockdown. Um, and then Samsonov was in the protocol and was actually had COVID and stuff like that. So Vanacek was the guy. And good grief uh, did um, – what's his name? Play him. Uh, who's our new coach? I forget his name. Laviolette just played the poor kid nonstop. <laughs> we didn't really have a great other option because Craig Anderson, the one game he came in, he he didn't look good. All fairness to him, he hadn't played a game in over a year. So, um, but I was I was so happy for him. I watched his first win. Um, I didn't watch his first shutout. Uh, he kept coming really close, and then the third period, uh, the collapsitals would would <laughs> come into play. <laughs> uh, they, had a, they had a streak there of like seven games where they had three goal leads going into, going into the third, and it would it would invariably end in overtime. Um, you know, to, to bad teams too, so it was very confusing. But um, that's really been my one link to the the Capitals this year. I've been enjoying seeing him get his chance and really shine. I mean, he's had bad games and stuff like that, but just seeing him uh, get his shot, because that's what, you know, for me, that's one of the things I love about the AHL. I, I like watching the young players and then seeing them get their chance. And I always kind of remain a fan of them, despite wherever they may go and play. Um, I always kind of have a spot in my heart for, for the, the guys that I, that I watch play in the AHL, even on other teams too. It's always exciting to me to see someone uh, kind of make that make that leap or, or just have a great game or something like that. Because you're like, oh, yeah, I remember he was – I saw him play, and he was really good. Or I saw him play, and he was horrible. Why did he get called out? <laughs> and then, you know, he goes on and has a great career. You never know. But, yeah, that that is – that's been very enjoyable for me this year. Well. But he's number two. <laughs> it's number two by, by a long shot. Um, especially if Samsonov is is healthy. Dax said, "Poor Craig Anderson spent so many years in Ottawa. He got surprised having a proper defense in front of him." <laughs> That's a possibility. <laughs> I just want to say uh, thank you for everybody coming in tonight. Thank you, Momo, for the uh, tier three uh, gifted sub. Thanks, Dax, for your questions. Thanks, Sean Cash. 215 Cash on Twitter for uh, your Flyers thing. We'll hopefully bring you on in uh, happier days. Probably not. Um, Paul, where can people follow you, sir? You can follow me on the Twitter machine at PuckmanRI. Kelly, just say goodbye. Goodbye. Follow me on Twitter. I was about to say, those get drunk, but you're not really on it. So follow Obey the Puck at Obey Puck Show uh, on Facebook. Dot com slash obey the pup. Um, follow me at family 3 on all social media platforms. VOCNation.com. VOC Nation Radio Network is where you'll find this show. If you missed anything, you want to listen to it, go to Spotify or any podcast app entirely within VOC Nation Radio Network or watch it again on YouTube.com slash family 3 for, for Cash, for Paul Baker, for Kelly Levy, uh, I'm Dan Calcheco saying, Eric Gustafson, don't pass it backwards on a play, power play rush. Good night.
This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation. Rock and Roll Union and North Step Productions, in conjunction with Boo Ray Atlantic City, proudly present Jersey Shore Jam 2, May 15th, featuring As We Become Ghosts and Rat Rod. It's been a long, cold winter, and now it's time to rock. Also appearing, the Rock and Roll Union house band, Shades of Grey, playing all of your favorites from the 60s to now. All COVID regulations will be in place. Tickets are available at eventbrite.com and are extremely limited, so get them before they run out. Doors open at 6 and showtime is at 7. Rat Rod, As We Become Ghosts, and Shades of Grey. Jersey Shore Jam 2, May 15th at Boo Ray, 201 South New York Avenue, Atlantic City. Did I mention there's free parking? Don't miss it. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists, and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Since 2012, HIC Talk Radio has been bringing you the best of independent wrestling and wrestling on the worldwide scale with interviews and other segments now featuring the Wrestling Historian with Craig Lagan every Thursday night at 6 p.m. at VOCNation.com or go to your Android or iPhone and type in VOC Nation Radio Network and subscribe to the greatest wrestling podcast network in the world. Listen to HIAC Wrestling Podcast today. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer The Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact. Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez. And former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern. And, of course, In The Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And, by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOCNation. Hola, this is your amiga, Shelly from Cali. To let you know, you can catch me here on VOC Nation for Shelly Live. You never know what the hell I'm going to be talking about. Sometimes I have guests. Sometimes I let you on in the cheese mess, spill a little tea. Sometimes I cry. You have to tune in to find out why. And I also take your calls. I love chatting with you guys and seeing what the hell you guys are thinking. So meet me here on the VOC Nation. Be there or be square. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network.